then here's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping that they teach their kids and that their kids grow up watching their mom and dad really be prepared, look after money really well, respect money. And now they grow up with that same attitude about money. And now you can see that if we can affect a couple of generations, then the financial problems that exist right now in the world, maybe they'll start eroding. Welcome to the Positive Productivity Podcast, Episode 577. The Positive Productivity Podcast was created to empower entrepreneurs to achieve and appreciate personal and professional success. I'm your host, Kim Sutton, and if you're ready, let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of Positive Productivity. I can't even tell you how excited I am about today's episode. I'm so excited that I forgot to tell you. If you are new to the show, who I am, this is Kim Sutton, your host. And today I'm excited to introduce my friend Jay Gabrani from Prepared Fathers. And just to give you a little bit of background, which you know I don't normally do, Jay, I would normally throw it right over to you. Mm. But Jay had a disaster in his family, for lack of a better word, and found himself completely unprepared for everything that was coming ahead. Well, not completely. Jay, I'm going to let you share your story. But this episode is so important, whether you are a woman or a man, to listen to because a lot of us, especially those entrepreneurs of us who are hustling and bustling in our businesses every day, we don't think about how we can be preparing ourselves, be preparing our families, be preparing our businesses for the disasters that could come our way. And let's Mm -hmm. just face it, positive productivity does not mean perfection. Life gives us new challenges every day. But with all that said, Jay, thank you so much for being here. I am so excited to have you on the show, but I would love if you would jump in, tell us who you are, and then share your story with with our listeners. Sure. That's great. Great to be with you, Kim. Thanks for having me on. So basically, yeah, I'll just give you a little background. So sure. So born and raised in uh, Toronto and grew up just kind of a nice middle-class lifestyle. I took a trip, a family trip to India when I was about 16. And there, my grandfather had built a magnificent business selling simple things like socks and underwear uh, within India. So at the age of 16, that was my first exposure to business. I was like enthralled by it, how he had built a warehouse, a store, etc. And I kind of, he told me at that time that if you ever want to be free, you got to do your own business. So I came home, I told my parents that, yeah, you know what, I'm not, I'm not going to work for anyone after the age of 25. They rolled their eyes a little bit. They said, yeah, yeah, go get an education. So I went ahead and did all that. Uh, In the early 90s, I enrolled at university, got the accounting designation. But Kim, basically the day before my 25th birthday is when I left the world of accounting. I was working at some big firms. I've never heard this part of the story, Jay. Yes. And basically ever since then, in the last 20 plus years, I have been an entrepreneur. I've only earned paychecks from businesses I own and a real estate investor. So basically I came on the on the show today because yes, there was a, a really, really tough incident that happened about almost five years ago. And that was uh, I uh, let me back up one sec. I got married in two thousand four and we had three kids, two thousand five, two thousand seven, two thousand nine. So let's just say that everything was really busy, like I'm sure a lot of people in your audience, they're busy with their business, they're busy with their families. It's tough to sometimes be productive 
And sometimes it's tough to maintain positivity. And I had that challenge as well. And the challenge basically came, came from uh, my wife. My wife, unfortunately, uh, had like uh, in 2011, our kids were still very, very young. There was a lot of hustle and bustle going on. Uh, she uh, had a slip and fall. And the next day she went to the doctor and he prescribed her some uh, painkillers. And those painkillers were called Oxycontins. Now, I don't know if you or your audience uh, know about it, but these things are, are pretty nasty. And let's just say she had never touched anything before in her life. But unfortunately, Kim, over the next three years, uh, she developed uh, an addiction to these painkillers and combine it with kind of the postpartum depression of having so many, of having three kids so close together in less than four years. Uh, yeah, there was just a really tough scene at home. Uh, my wife had a lot of trouble kind of dealing with everything just to her everyday cycle once those pills were in her. And uh, back in 2014, she made a decision that uh, she didn't want to be here anymore. And she, uh, she took her life. So basically, that created a situation for me that uh, overnight, I became the single father of three kids, ages five, seven, and nine. And that is what led me to take a sabbatical uh, for about four years. That is what ultimately, I'm sure we'll discuss it a little bit, that is what led me to create Prepared Fathers. It's to help fathers financially prepare for life's curveballs. So that is what the, you called it a disaster earlier. That was a curveball that life threw me when one night my wife was here and the next day she was gone. And uh, that's why I'm, I'm here. So that's kind of the background. Uh, you please feel free to ask any questions to follow up. You have my mind spinning right now, but I, I love how you use curveball. Yes, curveball is what it's like. Yes, 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 so. Definitely. And we all get faced you, with them. We, we all get all faced know. with them. We'll all get hit with them one day or another. So I encourage, you know, yeah, my business is called fathers, prepared fathers, but whoever is responsible as a parent, we love our children. We want the best for them. So anyone who's responsible, your audience may be, have a lot of uh, women in there and that's fine. If those women are responsible for their family's finances, uh, which basically about 25% of the families right now, Kim, the wife is in charge of the money and that's great. Mm -hmm. But whoever it is, they need to pay attention to this type of stuff. Uh, right. They need to be make sure that they're prepared so that they are protecting their family. And I guess uh, like as entrepreneurs, we're always in the hustle bustle. It's easy to overlook these type of things. And I want to make sure that uh, people don't overlook these type of things. And that's why I love coming on shows like yours to get that message across. Thank you, Jay. Now, listeners, I don't want you to think that we're just jumping over anything. Yes. Jay, you are still a real estate investor, right? Yes. So yes. that four-year sabbatical that I mentioned, Kim, yeah, that was mainly, again, my, my whole adult life, I've either been like both of kind of some combination of entrepreneur and real estate investor. Yeah. And I had some good fortune in real estate. And that is what allowed me to take that four-year sabbatical to basically kind of reinvent my life. Like that's mm -hmm. just the way it was. The business that I had at the time after she passed away, I shut it down. And I just kind of had to sit at home and mourn and recover and reinvent. So right. it was because of real estate that I was able to do that. Yes. Yeah. 
Listeners, we might have to bring Jay back for another episode to talk about real estate investing. <laughs> my kids chiming in in the background. But sure. that's not going to be the, the focus of today. But before we really jump into prepared fathers, yes. you and I, well, I just want to let the listeners know, we were doing some work on your funnel. And in my total transparency, and listeners, I will put links to the episodes that talk about this in the show notes. Just in the past six months, there's been a bit of a few curveballs in my house. Um, yes. My my husband is a disabled vet with a, a back injury. Mm-hmm. And Jay, I didn't realize that your wife had been on Oxycontin. My husband, Dave, was prescribed Oxycontin. And I don't think I've ever shared this on an episode before, but he told me, and this was before he and I met, there mm-hmm. were several occasions where he had considered taking his life while wow. he was on the drug. Yep. And Listeners, while we are doing great right now, Dave's PTSD is an ever-present problem, as is chronic pain. So, mm-hmm. there, you know, it, it is something that's very near and dear to my heart, and especially hearing that when he was on OxyContin, that he did consider suicide. You know, it's it's not cool. But so where I'm leading to with all that is that Jay and I would be having phone calls. Oh. Jay, sorry, I'm just putting it out there. With the mm. turmoil that was happening in my personal life, yes. Jay and I didn't you know, necessarily, well, we didn't finish his work together, but Jay did meet my husband on a couple of the calls. And mm-hmm. it, was, it was really fascinating to me because we're talking about prepared fathers, and I look at my husband while I'm on the phone call with Jay. Dave does not know where our bank accounts are. He mm-hmm. doesn't know the logins for anything. I mean, I, I have LastPass. I don't think he even knows how to log into LastPass. <laughs> yes. Right? He doesn't know where to go to pay the mortgage. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know how much the monthly payment is. He doesn't know how much daycare costs. You know, I'm ordering the groceries now online. Nice. I'm not trying to say that my husband is incapable. Okay? He does so much around our house. But yes. We're in, we're in reversed roles. So we're one of those mm-hmm. where I feel like I've taken on the quote, man role. I'm doing mm-hmm. the finances and the job and he's yes. taking care of the house and making sure it's clean and he's the one who can cook dinner without burning it. But let's just say that that we hit a curveball and I was unable to take care of that. Yes. We still don't have anything set up. So that's. I would love for you to jump in mm-hmm. and talk about what prepared fathers is. Sure, definitely. It's really, really, really important. So I know in your audience, right, there's going to be, you mentioned it, the traditional role, I think you said, of finances. So, yes, I still find that most people, they get married. And like I said, right now, my research says it's about three-fourths of families. The husband is the one who, let's just say, oversees the family finances. That means, you know, the bill paying, the investments, the record keeping, paperwork, etc., that's fine. That's great. Whether the man or woman does it, as long as someone's doing it, it's very, very important. But here's the thing, Kim, is that, you see, I went to school, university, and was educated as an accountant. During my sabbatical, that four years, one of the things that I had to do was the one thing and one of the main steps of preparedness is making sure that once you have children, once you have uh, some assets, a house, some stocks, etc., a pension plan, you need a will. So that's one thing that my wife and I were actually quite well prepared. The day our first child was born back in 2005, I got on the phone with my lawyer and we prepared some wills. During my sabbatical, 
I had to actually be the executor of the estate of my wife's estate. And for me, like, think about it, educated as an accountant, lifelong entrepreneur, real estate investor, I'm used to documents and numbers and lawyers and all that stuff. So it wasn't a, it wasn't a big thing to me. I thought I'd be very prepared for that role. But guess what? I wasn't, right? And I had a tough time dealing with the whole executor thing with my experience and qualifications. So what that led to was me just talking to other fathers during that four years. The conversations would come up, Kim, where the real, you know, like, uh, I would simply ask them, like, if something like this happened to you or to your wife, what would happen? Like, what would the situation be? And unfortunately, the answers were not good. Most fathers don't even have a will. And I'm talking about, there's some guys who have substantial assets. They're real estate investors. They have pension plan. Like they got a lot of stuff going on and they don't have a will. So it's like, I realized that if life threw a curveball at them, maybe emotionally fine, they would have to handle it. But financially, there's a big danger zone there. And I suspect that for your, your audience, whether it is the husbands listening in or the wives who are listening or the wives who are listening in, I would suspect that a lot of people have those danger zones. And that is what Prepared Fathers is basically, that's what it was created for. It's to help fathers prepare for those curveballs, to be aware. You see, you said Dave, Dave wasn't aware of a lot of things, right? Mm -hmm. So, and I think a lot of fathers are out there like that. They're just not aware of what they have to do. They never got the training that I did. And I, even having that training, had problems. So basically, I already know that they would have problems. And a lot of times, Kim, it's uh, if you think back to when you got married, not tons of people have the discussion of, okay, you're responsible for the finances. A lot of the times, the husbands, the word I heard was they just inherited it. Mm -hmm. It was just kind of expected because they were the husband, not necessarily because they had training or good knowledge where they could look after their family's money. So that is what Prepared Fathers is all about. It's to help fathers prepare. It's to give them more knowledge so that they're more confident about how to handle their family's finances and cover up that danger zone. Oh, I love that. And I got to be totally transparent here. We don't have mm-hmm. a will. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Us, we have seven kids. I've got my business. We have yep. our house. We have other property. I mean, and Dave's a a veteran, so I'm sure there's there's pensions and stuff. Yeah, there's veteran stuff I need to know about, and I don't have a clue there. Mm-hmm. But I at least I know how to log into the veteran system. He doesn't, <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's not going to help him though. Yes. But you got me think. I mean, this isn't something that we've been talking about for years now. We really need to get a will. We really need to get yep. a will. And yep, and never mind even will, but even healthcare proxy or whatever it's mm-hmm. called. I mean, yes. in 2018, and and you you experience the side effects of one of these. I mean, I was in the ER four times and they keep on mm-hmm. asking me, do you have a healthcare proxy? Right. Do you have a healthcare proxy? Uh, yes. No. no. Well, here's mm-hmm. the paperwork. So I, I probably have in my house or I threw it out all four times. I have mm-hmm. you know, the healthcare proxy form. Yes. But I just want to throw it there for yes. listeners. It doesn't matter if you're not married. Like you. Oh, yeah. For sure. Single. You have to have everything prepared and have it be somewhere where those who you trust in your life will know where it is mm-hmm. so that if you get hit by a curveball, and I don't even mean that you die, but That's you, could, you could get the flu 
and have something yes. go on. I was listening to a podcast yesterday where a girl thought she had the flu and she ended up having ben, uh, meningitis. Oh, boy. And was put into a, like, she was, what's it called when they put you into a, a coma on purpose? Coma, it's induced coma. Yeah, thank you. They put her into an, an induced coma. Wow. She's famous. I just can't remember her name right now, so don't ask me. Um, <laughs> but I mean, there was a lot that happened, but that's a case where people need to know. You need to have it somewhere. And my sister and I have tried to address this with our mother. Where's yes. the folder where you have everything? Right, right. So I'm most people don't have it. Most people don't have it. And like, I'll take you back to my sabbatical. It's, you know, like, obviously, when you lose a spouse, right, the devastation is there. And I remember that first year in particular, Kim, like, just I was crying myself to sleep basically every night. But questions would come up in my head. And one of the main questions that come up, like when you're just lying there late at night and you're just thinking is, this happened to my wife. What if it happened to me? And I'm the one who's in charge of all this stuff. If it was my wife who had to deal with these items, she would not have the first clue where to begin, what to do, etc. So I already know that there's a lot of families who are like that. So even if you are what I'll call the non-financial spouse and you are listening to this episode, please, please, please encourage the financial spouse to share with you the location of key documents, passwords, safe deposit box keys, all of these types of things that will help you if something happens, if a curveball is thrown, it might be something as simple as um, a job loss, right? Like maybe you get a job loss and you need to have like reserve funds, et cetera. Being prepared for these situations is what I'm really going for. Not, oh, I have tons of money and I'm ready for anything. It is because not everyone has tons of money, but that doesn't mean that you can't be prepared. It doesn't mean you can't think it through uh, certain situations. What would you do if? if there was a job loss, if someone became disabled, if someone unfortunately passed away. And I can tell you right now that if you don't have these things prepared, just like you mentioned right here a couple of minutes ago, then that is going to sit at the back of your mind. And to me, we all love our children, right? And if you leave this stuff undone, and then if something happens to you, unfortunately, it's your children that are going to suffer because Let's go back to the will example, Kim. If you don't have a will, but you have assets and something happens to you, Uncle Sam's going to take a much larger share of what he deserves than if you did have a will outlining your wishes. Just right? because so it's not you, written down. That's right. Like if, you're, if your fair? wishes, it's not fair. But again, we're <laughs> when we talk about government and taxing authorities like IRS except, or whatever, those things aren't necessarily huh. designed to be fair. We can't sit there and say it's not fair seeing how, you know, that's the authority that we have to follow. Right. So you must, must, must have a will if you have any sort of assets. And yes, mm -hmm. single or not, you should still have it. But especially, I say that it becomes imperative once your first child is born. If you don't have a will yet, go back, get it done. Uh, let me give some folks a couple of tips. If you're not budget conscious, then go directly to an estate lawyer or a real estate lawyer, those guys usually or girls deal with wills and setting up estates. If you are slightly budget conscious, then I will encourage you to go online 
like LegalZoom or something, use a template even, all right? Like it's not the greatest, but if you use a template and do the do-it-yourself thing and fill it all out, that's great. Then take it to a lawyer just so what I'll say legal eyes can look it over. And when those eyes look it over, now you have a will. They'll register it. And now here you go. Now your things are documented. Wait, registering it? I didn't even... What do you mean register it? I feel uh, so naive right now. Clearly, uh, I don't I, have one. I use the wrong word. I use the wrong uh, notarize. Okay. I, I was going to say. Notarize it. Sorry about that. Wait, Not register Am I supposed to be filing this with the county or something? But no. it, it, that is an interesting question, though, because outside of our house, you know, who no should No one's going to know where it is. No one's right? going to know where it is. Like, right. who would you recommend... And I know this changes by person yes, and by circumstance and by family. I mean, we have some interesting family dynamics in sure. my family. I'll just oh, put it definitely. out like Lots of people do. Yes. So is there a governing authority that we should ever make record of our will with, like when you have sticky family situations? No, there's no governing authority per se, but sticky family situations, especially, you know, with divorce rates high and Uh extended families and multiple families or whatever you want to call them in, you know, like there's a lot of that stuff going on. It's just another reason to get all of this stuff out there. It's to get it all out, talk about it, be clear on everyone's wishes. These are uncomfortable conversations, Kim. I think a lot of people have belief systems about money that it shouldn't be discussed or, you know, amongst family or it's evil or all of these things. But I have always thought that whole thing is silly. We live in a first world country right behind oxygen, we need money. So learning to take care of your money is, to me, an exceptionally important thing that applies to every single family out there. Like It's it's not something that doesn't apply. It always applies. So uh, there's no governing body. Having conversations, et cetera, is important. And having your paperwork in order is also very, very important. I love this all. I mean, I don't love this all because it's it's a sad thought to think about that we need it, but I love it all. You and I were just talking last week and I showed you a a preview of my standard operating procedures that my team and I are preparing. This sounds like a standard operating procedures for personal life. It is 100%. And I know that right now people in the audience might be like, oh man, where do I start? What do I do? So I thought I'd point out for your audience members, I have what's called a three-step financial security checklist for fathers. Uh, And by the way, mothers, of course, by all means, you're more than welcome to download it. The address is www.preparedfathers.com forward slash Kim. So everyone in your audience, I'd love for them to go there. It's free, no obligation, et cetera. Get that checklist. Take some time to read through it. It will talk about some of the beginning steps you need to take in order to move down this road of financial preparedness. And the one thing I can tell people, Kim, is right now, after listening to us, you might have some uncertainty. You might be like, man, I don't know what to do. If you actually take some time, you download that checklist, follow some of the steps in it. After that process, you're going to feel a lot better as a parent. You're going to be like, okay, you know what? There's a sense of relief there that in case something happens to me, uh, at least I know my family will know what to do, where to go, who to talk to, etc. Having that all, all that information down, your account numbers and passwords and all that stuff in a place that your spouse can get to it, your executor, your lawyer can get to it, 
that your adult children can get to it. It's very, very important. So once again, that address, I want people to go there, please. It's www.preparedfathers.com forward slash Kim. Awesome. Listeners, if you are driving, trying not to burn dinner, you can go to DougKimSutton.com forward slash PP577, where you'll get the complete show notes and links to everything or everywhere where you can find Jay. Oh my gosh, you just have my brain spinning. I got to tell you, I know that divorce statistics show that financials are often, you know, a major cause. And in my house, it's not lack of money which we have had long periods of lack in the sure. in our house. It wasn't ever lack of money that was creating the issues. It mm-hmm. was the stress of me having to take care of all the bills. And listeners, you know I'm very transparent. Mm-hmm. Jay, you know I'm very transparent. Mm-hmm. Yes. There was a day in 2015 where my boys got dropped off at my house before school because mm-hmm. they had a late school bus or it was winter break or something. I don't remember. And one of them came inside and said, where's Dave's car? By the way, if this is your first episode listening, I am divorced and remarried. So when, I, when mm-hmm. my boys were dropped off, their dad lives a block and a half away from us. So they were dropped off. They come in and, and one of them says, where's Dave's car? Is he at work already? Mm-hmm. And I was like, uh, and Dave's sleeping. What do you mean? Where's his car? Well, it's mm-hmm. not outside. Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? So first thought is, it's been stolen. Yes. And second thought was, who was supposed to make the car payment? <laughs> oh, jeez. Okay. The car right. had been repoed. Oh, boy. Okay. So that was like, you know, it was his car. He had had it since long before we had ever gotten together. I sort of mm-hmm. thought, well, he's taking care of that because I'm taking care of everything else. Right, And he thought, well, she's taking care of everything else. She's taking care of that. <laughs> and nobody had made the car payment. So it didn't work out that way. It was like, you know, pointing fingers. Well, you said, well, you said, well, you said, no. You know, these financial conversations are really hard to have. And, they are. But they have to be had. Because, That's I correct. Mean, it was no fun. I mean, we literally had to go to the ghetto of Dayton to get the belongings back from the car. Mm-hmm. We had to go down closer to Cincinnati. And if you're familiar with this area, I mean, at least I'm not outside of New York city where it takes four times as long to, you know, get anywhere, but it was still unnecessary stress in the day and a big expense too, just because we had not been taking care of it as we should have. But we've had, I mean, and these, these were circumstances because of lack of money and listeners, you can go back and listen to many other previous episodes where I talk about, mindset shifts and changes that made in the business in the last seven years. But there were many stretches where our utilities were disconnected for Mm -hmm. only a day at a time. But had I not been at home, I mean, you and I are part of of a community where there's three-day live events. Let's just suppose I had been at one of those events and there Mm -hmm. goes the power. Well, you even know who to contact to get the power back on. Do you know who our power company is? Mm Mm-hmm. These are all important, important things. Yes, and yeah. they have to be organized and they have to be talked about, for yeah. sure. Yeah. I don't mean, I'm not, please know, listeners, and Jay, I'm not trying to make a joke about this. A couple of weeks ago, my husband's cat died. Mm-hmm. Quite suddenly, it was his buddy. And mm-hmm. he had gotten hurt. He started limping. Then he decided he wanted to go back outside. He came back in and he couldn't breathe in the next day. Oh, 
So my husband was devastated and he's still having trouble sleeping. Mm-hmm. That was his buddy. Yep. But he was laying in bed a few days ago and he said he was just thinking about Beasley. Beasley was the mm-hmm. cat. And he says to me, if this was you, if you were the cat, mm-hmm. would you want to be, you know, would mm-hmm. you want your life to be elongated or would you want to be put down? And I and those are difficult conversations too, but they really need to be had. And even yes. what we want to happen to us when we do pass. I told mm-hmm. my husband, and again, not to be funny, but this is just my husband's sense of humor. It's like, if you bury me in a box, I will mm-hmm. come back and haunt you. Mm-hmm. You are gone. And he says, I think I can put up with your haunting. So well. he's, you know, but that's, that's not my will. So that mm-hmm. um, there's a reason that I need a will because if I go into a box, yes. I will not be happy wherever my soul is. But those those are just those conversations. What are you most passionate about in your business right now? And have you seen the results of your work? Yes. Uh, have you heard about the results of your work helping other people? Yes. So basically, again, it is. I, I want to back up to what you just said because I think it's really important in a medical situation. Let's not think of just you your, uh, for your audience, right? I'm asking them not to just think about their own situation. Think about all the other fathers that are in your life. Maybe your own father. Maybe your brother who's a father. Maybe your uncle who's a father. All of these people need to hear this message. So when we talk about what am I most passionate about, Kim, it's, it's like that butterfly effect. I know that because of my own experiences and because of the most painful day of my life with my wife's passing, I figured that, uh, I heard this, I don't remember who it was from, but if you can somehow take the most painful day of your life and somehow convert it over time and make it so that it is positively impacting other people, then that event or that negative event will not be in vain and it will somehow be worthwhile in its own way. And I took that message to heart. So what I'm most passionate about is when I talk to other fathers about these types of items, and a lot of them, like I said, are not aware. They have not taken necessary actions. When they get the aha moments of like, oh my goodness, I didn't even think of that. I didn't even think of what would happen in case something happened to me. And then they take actions to get prepared. That to me is like more like better than any sort of thrill that you could have. Because then I know I'm making an impact. But here's the real butterfly effect part of it is that if I know I can help these fathers get their families better prepared about securing their family's future and be prepared for life's curveballs, then here's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping that they teach their kids and that their kids grow up watching their mom and dad really be prepared, look after money really well, respect money. And now they grow up with that same attitude about money. And now you can see that if we can affect a couple of generations then the financial problems that exist right now in the world, maybe they'll start eroding. So the impact is really what my mission is. It's how can I impact fathers? And yeah, when they just get an aha, they don't even have to buy anything from me. It's not like they buy my coaching or products or anything. Just getting the checklist and sending me a little note, or maybe they heard me on a podcast and just say it really affected them. That to me is uh, better than pretty well any sale that you can make from your business. You just know that your that event that happened in my life, my wife's passing, 
it's now somehow helping other people. Mm. And that to me is, uh, as an entrepreneur, for those in your audience, I was always taught in business, as long as you can solve someone's problem and you can let them know, hey, man, you might have this problem, I can help you, then you have a business you can solve. Like, as long as you're solving someone's pain, people will pay to take away their pain. And as business owners, that's our job. It's to come up with solutions to solve our customers' pain points. And this is a pain point that a lot of fathers don't realize, but that's why coming on shows like this and listening to it, whether it's the fathers or whether it's the women who love them, I just want to impact. So that's kind of the long answer to your mission-based question and passion-based question. Yeah, I'm just thinking about a spider web. I mean, you call it the butterfly effect, but yes, completely. I mean, yes. this can go to older generations too. I mean, Jay, yeah. I have no idea yeah. with my dad and stepmother. I have no idea what they have set up. I don't even know if my sisters have any idea what they have set up. And I know and my stepbrother died in 2013 quite unexpectedly. And that mm-hmm. was grueling for my sister-in-law. Yes. And there's, I'm just thinking about my immediate family, but yes, so much more beyond that. I'm going to ask you a hard question. I want to to ask your forgiveness in advance, Mm -hmm. but had your wife not passed, Mm -hmm. what do you think your life would look like today? Uh, Quite different. I don't think prepared fathers would be in existence for first of all, because during that sabbatical, Kim and entrepreneurs, I think maybe this would be pretty valuable. One of the big advantages of entrepreneurship is you get to design your life kind of the way you want. Like I do coaching, consulting, and I run this. I work from home. I run pretty well everything off of my phone. I rarely, if ever, sit at a desktop or a laptop. Everything that I do can be run off my phone. So how would my life be different? I don't think this business would be around right now, but just because of the things that happened during my sabbatical after my wife passed. But I would certainly be in a business, maybe multiple businesses, because I've always been in business. I would still be real estate investing, and I'd still be a father. The one thing would be is I wouldn't be a single father. But there's a part of the question that is going to be very difficult to answer, and that is simply because of what my wife was going through. All right, Kim? So I'm like, your audience members, again, genuineness is in my top five values. So that's why I, I want to talk about this, because I know there's people in your audience going through this or family members of theirs going through this. I don't know what would have been different based on how she was going through everything, right? The depression, the addictions, her self-esteem was chiseling away. She basically had zero energy. She would drop the kids off to school and then come home and just go to bed and just lie down all day long. It was really, really difficult. So I don't quite know. And the one thing about it was, is that, and it's the biggest regret of my life, is that I was unable to help her in terms of taking her to the right place, speaking with the right people. And mainly it's not because I didn't ask. I did ask. She didn't want to go. She Mm. didn't want the help. And I didn't like take her by the hand and say, no, 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 we're going. We got to get this done. Because never in a million years, even though I know she was going through a very difficult time, I never thought that she would take her own life. So how my life would be different all those other things I've talked about, but again, with my wife, if she kept down that road, I don't know. I really don't know what would have been different. And that uh, some people say to me, well, aren't you bitter that she made that decision and, and such? And I'm like, no, uh, whatever people think I should forgive her for, I forgave her for a long time ago. I knew she was going through her own version of hell. 
Right. And I know that she wasn't feeling good about herself. And I was watching it every day. Like the person you love, right? They're, they're basically deteriorating in front of you. It's a very, very difficult thing to experience. So um, in a way, there is like a thing of, well, it happened and I can only deal with it the way I know how, which is uh, get up and dust myself off and, and keep going. But yeah, I don't know how that would really work out, quite honestly, if she was still here with those same situations, right. depression, addiction. If not, you have to understand, before she ever touched that pill in 2011, she had never touched a painkiller. Mm. And even though we were busy, yeah, like we were a happily married family. We were husband, wife, three kids, real estate investing, buying several properties, uh, business, etc. We were busy, but we were happy. And uh, that all changed. So your audience really has to understand the situation, the value that comes from this preparedness. It was only because of those. And by the way, when I was real estate investing or when I was setting up wills and stuff, it wasn't because I ever thought, oh, I'm doing this because my wife is going to die. Right? I never, ever thought that. But that's exactly what ended up happening. I relied on my real estate to take a sabbatical. The fact that we had wills and stuff, the assets that were in her name were not taxed heavily because we had it all done properly. So I'm just going to encourage your audience once again, please take this stuff seriously. Right now, you may classify yourself as slightly, you know, negligent because you haven't really thought about these things. But that's why kudos to you, Kim, for bringing me on here, asking me these tough questions and letting it go out to your audience. I'll ask your audience, like, if something happened to you or your spouse, like, what would you do? Like, would you go back to work on Monday? Would you be able to take some time off to recover? How would that all happen for you? I know not everyone would be in the position to do what I did, but everyone is in the position to take action to secure their own family's financial future, given their own circumstances. So yeah, once again, I have heavily encourage people to uh, take the steps. Well, I mentioned earlier in this episode, and it's it's only been coming up more recently, and I if they're listening, I have to give, you know, apologies to my family for discussing it. But mm -hmm. when I mentioned that my brother passed in 2013, that is something that I don't talk about often because it's still an open investigation. Okay. He went missing and he was found mm -hmm. the next day in a cornfield dead. While it has been investigated for murder, it's all also been investigated for assisted suicide. And this mm -hmm. is that's all you can go to the, the local paper and find all that out. Mm -hmm. But, and then when I was in my severe depression in 2016, yes, and my husband didn't know, mm -hmm. I didn't, I, d I didn't tell him because I didn't want to scare him. I was trying to take care of it myself. But as you said, you know, there's that lowest low that you hit, and what I experienced was that when I came out of it, I found my purpose. Right. And for me, I came out of that sleep deprivation, hustle, and grind you know, broken, broken place. Mm -hmm. you know, that's not saying that I woke up and I was suddenly not broke and broken. I mean, there's right. upward, <laughs> steep mountain climb of recovery to come out of, but I realized that it was my purpose to make sure that other entrepreneurs aren't going sleep deprived. Now, I'm not saying that I'm perfect. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that I get all my work done, but 
in the mental state that I've for the most part been in since 2016, it's been much better than that. So out of that darkest moment, because I can't even imagine if I hadn't gone through that, if I was still pushing as hard as I was, mm-hmm. and maybe I was just on the cusp, you know, and maybe not feeling suicidal like I was in 2016, I would not be enjoying my business. I would still be saying yes to all these clients that I really didn't want to do work for. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Jay, you, you've you heard my stories. Listeners, you've heard my stories. It's one small step at a time. In 2016, I decided to start working with the clients that I wanted to work with. But I still had to learn the word no for other things. Like, no, I'm not going to work over the weekend. No, I'm not going to. I mean, I'm still struggling with no, I'm not going to give this away for free you know, mm-hmm. over and over again. And I know that I could rub the wrong way, but I've, I'm guilty of being a chronic giver. And while it's always, I think it's great to give away free content. I mean, Jay, you know, I build marketing funnels. It's <laughs> awesome to give away free content and to help yes. the people. But there's a difference between giving away free content and giving mm-hmm. away 80 to 120 hours of free time Yes. Just because you feel bad for somebody, because if you keep on doing that over and over again, you can potentially put your business into the ground. So anyway, what I'm trying to say is it's not in a snap your fingers. Everything is better. And Mm -hmm. now you can go serve your purpose. There are steps. So I love stages. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Listeners, I would love to hear the ahas that you have experienced out of this episode. I would love to hear who you are going to share this with. If you want to tag them on social media, this episode is up on Instagram. You can tag your friends there on Facebook and LinkedIn. But please share this message with the people you know need to know it the most, need to hear it the most. And you can find the show notes again at thekimsutton.com forward slash pp577. Jay, could you share one more time where listeners can find you online? Sure. So basically, www.preparedfathers.com is our website. You can go there. We have like some videos and blog posts, etc. also to help people get more educated on the topic of financial preparedness. And for their checklist specifically, they can go to www.preparedfathers.com forward slash Kim. I really encourage them, take a look at that checklist, get some of those steps started. You'll feel a lot better about things. And overall, yeah, we're on all the social channels. You can reach out and search us. But otherwise, I look forward to uh, you know, helping your audience. And yeah, I, I will echo what, what you said is definitely, it may not be you yourself. It might be the person, the father in your life, your husband, your actual father, your brother, who is looking after these things. Uh, and maybe they just need to be have their eyes opened a little bit. So do share Kim's episode and yeah, make an impact. Have, you know, like make an impact and feel good about it. Jay, thank you so much for coming on. This is, I mean, even for me and I knew your story, like it's been completely enlightening. So thank you so much. Do you have a parting piece of advice or a golden nugget that you can share with listeners? You've given so many already, but yes. one more. I want you to graduate and it's okay, no matter where you were before you listened to this episode, okay? Like I classify it as either you were financially, let's say, ignorant, or you were financially negligent. Either you didn't even know about these situations or these things, you never even thought about it. All right, maybe you were financially ignorant in that respect. Now that you've heard these things and you've heard Kim and I have this conversation, now that graduates you to, now you do know about these things. 
If you choose, after hearing what Kim and I have talked about, if you choose to not do anything, that unfortunately graduates you to financial negligence. However, if you do take steps and you do move towards getting prepared, that gives you the ultimate graduation to financial preparedness. So my last piece of advice is very simple. I will encourage people, graduate yourself from the financial ignorance and negligence stages to the financial prepared stage. And you will be much thankful. The benefits of it will last kind of your entire life and your whole family will will feel them. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Positive Productivity Podcast. When I'm not podcasting, I'm supporting six to seven figure business coaches with their marketing automation and entrepreneurs like you through my coaching and mastermind programs. I want to invite you to visit thekimsutton.com to learn how I can help you take your business to the next level.